Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC After Hours discussion. And today, myself, Britt, and Jeff are going to be talking about Final Fantasy XIV and Walker, uh, the end of the Heidelin Zodiac saga that has been a decade in the making. Um, and before we begin, I, I cannot stress this enough. Very heavy spoiler warnings. Uh, we are going to be breaking down uh, all the story bits. If you have not finished Endwalker, I strongly recommend you turn around and walk out the door. Uh, because as Jeff stated before we started, there is really no way to talk about this in a spoiler-free manner. Mm -hmm. um, so so, so there is your warning. Spoilers ahead. Guys, we have all finished Endwalker. Um, I... I have been thinking about how I wanted to address this uh, for several days now, ever since I knew that we were going to be talking about it this weekend. And I had been wondering if Square could, or, you know, if, if Yoshi P would be able to wrap up what is essentially a 10 year story arc in a satisfactory manner. And guys, I got to tell you, I, I think he pulled it off. Yeah, like I feel like it was a satisfying conclusion, Xenos aside, to the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole uh, Heidel and Zodiac storyline. Um, it, you know, I the last time we recorded about Final Fantasy was the end of Shadowbringers, and I remember being really upset that Emmett, Emmett Selk wasn't the uh, <clears throat> the final arc in the story because it felt like he wrapped up the whole storyline kind of neatly in a little tight bow and then of course fan daniel came along but just i'm glad it really was emmett selk in the end yeah he was it, the main character it, yeah, yeah pretty much and it, it i'm kind of glad now that i finished it and thinking back on it now i'm glad we got Shadowbringers to kind of like fall in love with emmett and then like this expansion was clearly just pandering to the Emmett Selk fans because it was just, it was so filled with him and mm -hmm. it was just so much fun to be able to engage with him in the way that we did. I think I got to tell you, uh, no, Jeff, go ahead. No, no, just, no, go yeah, ahead. My, my quick hit on it is I agree. I think it's a very satisfying conclusion. Um, you know, not perfect, not without its flaws. I'm sure, you know, we'll get into that. Maybe there's some pacing stuff, but I think the, uh, it, it's a tricky thing. I think um, I don't really want to compare this to other expansions because I don't right. know if it's entirely fair. I think, you know, going right up against Shadowbringers, you could argue that's probably a stronger overall complete package uh, in terms of story because it's so focused, because it's kind of confined to the first. Um, uh, but th this isn't just an expansion per se, right? Like you said, it is a conclusion to 10 years of story and it has to not only deal with the Endwalker stuff, it has to wrap up loose threads from 10 years of stuff so i, I think uh, you know i'm fine with it maybe being um you know a little messier i guess than Shadowbringers because some of the highs are so high um and because the payoffs are so good for some stuff that's been uh left for so long so i think that's that's my take on it but definitely yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with it it agreed well you know and talking about payoffs i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of um i'm gonna be jumping back and forth between things i liked um and and things that legitimately stunned me, and and there were so many, uh, so many surprising moments um, in Endwalker, and the one that sticks out in my mind the most is the revelation that Fan Daniel is actually Amon from Final Fantasy three. Uh, I and, definitely and think we're gonna get more of that storyline just from that era, like 
the more we go. I don't think it's going to be like main story like it is, but I definitely think we're going to get more story bits on just like Amon and Zombie and. I didn't quite understand that. Um, I mean, I haven't played Final Fantasy three. That what I got from it is Fandaniel was Amon, who was uh, someone in the Allegan Empire. But I felt like that part. Um, I don't know. I struggled to piece together his backstory a little bit. So, did you play the Crystal Tower raids? Uh, the Crystal Tower story. Yeah, I mean, two years ago when I when I started the game, and I I, I got gotcha. you. You know, so I don't remember. Uh, I remember bits of pe- like it's. Uh, and I'll say this quickly as well. I mentioned uh, this on Twitter, I think, right around the time I started Endwalkers. I'm glad this is wrapping everything up because I feel like this is the probably the first time I've really felt the story buckling kind of under all the baggage, uh, right. I guess, and all the story. Like, I'm constantly having to Google names. Cause it, and I love that the game will pull a random side character from eight years ago and make them bring them back into the fold and make them. I love that it respects its history that much, but it makes, uh, I already, I can't remember games I played six months ago. So like, you know, playing through <laughs> 200 hours of final fantasy 14 story in 2019, when I played Shadowbringers, like I, half of that is just gone from my brain. Um, so yeah, sorry. I, I don't remember the crystal tower raids. Uh, you no, know, I know no, obviously so- Grahatia, like I know it explored kind of his lineage and stuff like that. I don't remember Amon well, coming into play there though. So, well, so, so, so the crystal, uh, so the crystal tower stuff is all based in final fantasy three, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, before I get into that, they, they explained it through the game as the Amon you fought in the, uh, in the crystal tower right before you fought, uh, uh, Zandi is act was actually a clone that he created. And oh, so you do tower. fight him in that raid. You yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I had like I was like, wow, of all the Final Fantasy characters, Amon. Uh but then and I was like, that's an interesting choice. But then I I remembered that Final Fantasy three is Yoshi P's favorite Final Fantasy game. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which is why we got such a such a deep dive into all that Final Fantasy three content. Uh, you know, in the series of twenty four man raids. Um and and so so I, I love the fact that Yoshi P included such a a little love letter to his favorite Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. uh, in Endwalker. I just thought that was really fucking cool. Well, it's also just kind of cool that, you know, he took this project and made it his own, right? Like, and it, it came out killer. So it just, it's very, it's very satisfying as a player and also just as a fan of Yoshi P to, to you know, now knowing this and. <clears throat> being able to experience it well uh, you know I, now now that i've got my my big amon thing out of the way i think the first thing that that we that we that we ought to break down is you know i think we, we all went into this expansion thinking okay we're gonna we're gonna fight zodiac we're finally gonna take down zodiac at the end mm-hmm. right that's not what happened zodiac is not the what fir- happened <laughs> zodiac is the first uh, is the first primal that you fight. Right. Um, I honestly loved it like that. And fan, me too. You know, and, and I think I said on our 5.3 discussion when we were talking about Fan Daniel and Brit's love for him. Uh, but, you know, I, I said, like, I, I, you know, I trust Yoshi P and I trust the writing team. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. I know the, there's the lead writer for Shadowbringers and, and, and Walker um, that she did both of them as well. But, um, you know, I love when things subvert, subvert your expectations and it's really hard and I know it's divisive sometimes, but, um, yeah, I loved where the story went and I love that they got that stuff out of the way. Um, because it, yeah, honestly, I think in hindsight, fighting, uh, just fighting Zodiac at the end and defeating him would be very underwhelming compared to what we actually got. 
in, in my well, because it, you know, like I was, so we actually went to the, like, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, and I think probably a, a large portion of the audience thought that the moon was going to be the final area. Um, I thought it would I be later. Can I just touch on sure. that real quick? Can I yeah, just, please, Brett, I was please. Re- like, you can ask Jeff. I was really annoyed by that part. So like, and I was thinking about it last night because I knew we were having our discussion. I was, I was thinking about my highs and lows and I definitely feel like the moon is my low point. And I don't think it's bad. I just think I think it feels like they wrote the first half half of the game up until the moon, and then they wrote the second half after the moon. And th- the pacing feels very weird at times. I think once you get to Elpis, I think things finally flow like they're meant to. But like up until the moon, <clears throat> it was very strange. And I was really, like, annoyed that they put so much focus on the moon. And you're only on it for... It's, like, probably the smallest map in the expansion. And you're only on it for a little bit. And then you just kind of leave. And you never have a reason to go back there again. Like, not even for the uh, Loperids, which are fucking amazing. They're some of my favorite characters. Because well, that's going to change when the Beast Tribe stuff comes. Right, right. When they come to you, like, <laughs> you know, so it was a little, little disappointing that they put so much focus on the moon, like not just in the trailers, but like, you know, the very last scene in Shadowbringers, the very last story scene is you looking up at the moon. And I get that it has, it. it's, it's like a sign. It's, it's not supposed to be like the moon itself is important. It's, you know, Heidelin made the moon, that kind of thing. But it was just, I was so annoyed by that. And I'm so glad Elpis was immediately after that because I was so sour, right? Like during all that content, because it was just not what I was expecting. Like the, the Zodiac fight and, and everything. Like I, I'm with Jeff. I like that they, they did it that way. I like that it wasn't just, <clears throat> you know what we thought it was going to be but god it just the pacing up until the moon was just right. awful i think well, um go ahead jeff yeah i'll go ahead real quick um i didn't, i don't think i disliked it as much as but i also i'll admit like i wasn't thinking about the moon uh, as much i could see like if you're it, they definitely did tease it a lot right like in the you know the cinematic trailer the intro movie and yeah like the last shot in shadowbring or um you know at the end of 55 is is them looking up at the moon and i think brit's right like it's more about the uh, it's the place symbol, in the lore yeah, and the it, fact that it is the, you know, kind of the, the it's what Charlian has been working for all this time is to get everyone there. Um, I think my my only issue with it, like I, I was I didn't feel that like, where's the moon? What's the moon? Good? Like, I, I was fine with kind of like going to Garlemald and all that stuff. But I, I thought mm-hmm. it was very anticlimactic going to the moon. I think the end of the game going to Ultima Thule and the lead up to that um with the, you know, we'll get to it, like the the primals, like that was so epic. And there, I felt like this energy building up to like, holy fuck, we're going to like go on a spaceship. Yeah. Um, and that, but that build up <laughs> is what I was expecting for the moon. I was like, how are we? I was thinking like, uh, I don't know if anyone's played Tales from the Borderlands, but I was thinking like that hype when you like in the episode where you go on the rocket or whatever. And it's just like, it's such a huge moment. I was like, we're going to leave the fucking planet. Like, I was like, this is going to be a huge deal. And then you just kind of go through the Tower of Babel, and they're like, oh, there's a teleporter here. It'll take us to the moon. 
Okay, let's go to the moon. Oh, cool, we're on yeah, the moon. Yeah, I was a little. I like, was a little. It's yeah. like, yeah, I guess we're on the moon now. Like it was just so like, oh, okay, we're just gonna. And nobody like seemed to even. We're nobody thought it was a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I. That was the part that was a little agree. weird to me. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely agree that I, 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 I did feel like the, um, the way we got to the moon was a little anticlimactic. And maybe um, they had a different plan for that. Like, you know, obviously COVID's still impacting stuff and we know stuff gets cut from every game. Maybe there was something there uh, more that, that they just weren't able to fit in. But Right. And like I said, it wasn't like it wasn't a huge deal because, mm-hmm. you know, it was still good. It just mm-hmm. it was just a very. I'll say confusing part of the game, because not only like. <clears throat> is this build up finally like released then you're immediately hit with this wave of lore and mm-hmm. just like you don't know what the fuck is happening and you're just and, sorry i just want to uh john i know you wanted to say something i just uh no no, no, no what was saying because brit and i talk so much while she's going through this i think um you know what that reminds me is i think you know i don't know if i had, i don't know if my problems with the pacing of the front half of the game i think the issue i have which i brit was definitely more frustrated than me but like i still felt is I think a game gives you takes way too long to give you any kind of answers. It feels like the first half just leaves you so confused about everything and just kind of keeps introducing more and more questions. And I, I think um, maybe we needed a little bit more uh, nuggets of information along the way to kind of keep going because it was very like, uh, yeah, just in, in terms of everything, just try to figure out everything with the final days and what's going on and, and Fan Daniel and all this stuff. It um yeah like there's a huge lore dump on the moon and another huge dump in elpis that kind of sets up the last third of the game uh and from there it's really good but uh yeah i think maybe there could have been a better way to kind of uh slowly you know trickle out some of that stuff earlier in the game because it was a little frustrating at times just being like what the hell is going on (laughs) so let let me just preface this by saying that i had to uh, quickly go through the game. Not quickly, but I couldn't like speed run it like a lot of people could. Obviously, for the uh, server and the queue issues, but also just because uh, the game came out at a really bad time. Like, it just uh, you know, holidays are busy for me because you know I'm a mom and I have kids. Yeah. And so I I couldn't get through it as fast as like a lot of my friends could. So one day I was finally able to sit down and play and it was through the Garlemald to the moon scene. And like by the time I got finished, I was just so tired and frustrated because like I worked so hard to, to get to that point And then I was just left feeling so defeated and confused. So but after that, I like I definitely took it at a more slower pace and I appreciated you know the story and everything so that's why well, i was so frustrated what was what was so i i i wish that we had spent more time in the moon but the moon actually ended up being one of my favorite areas and i and, loved it you know part of that is because i love final fantasy 4 so much um and the you gear, better believe can we talk about the gear for a minute the fucking end game gear so good oh yeah, yeah all the, the final fantasy 4 based stuff yeah. yeah i'd like i'm fucking leveling up summoners so i can get that ridia gear like so good. Oh, I actually the the first the first thing I did after I finished the uh you know you know you know the main quest line was go back unlock all the uh, all the ether currents on the moon so I could fly around in the lunar whale <laughs> uh, with that fucking music. Oh man, I and, unlock uh, all the ether currents at, before I leave a zone. I gotta. I, so I, this is another reason why it took me so long to play the game is because when I go to a zone, I am OCD and I'm a completionist. I cannot 
leave that zone until I've gathered all the Aether points, until I've done all the side quests, and there's literally nothing left to do in the zone anymore. Oh my anymore. god. Pain. Yeah, it yeah. was, <laughs> but I did it. And when I, when I finished, I was able to just jump right into every, everything. So I I gotta say, like... After after uh, after I cleared Zodiac, or, or, or Zodiac, after I cleared Zodiac, um, I have, it is rare for me to be that excited about what comes next in a Final Fantasy mm. game. Because I was like, okay, I was like, wow, we got rid of Zodiac, and there is clearly plenty of story. So what the fuck is happening? You know what it reminded um, me of, John? It reminded me of uh, spoilers for Avengers Endgame, but when they like just cut off Thanos' head right at the beginning... Right. Right. And you're like, what? What the fuck is this movie then? Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's how I felt. Like, just like, yeah. Like, what? Are, like opening up the possibilities and letting your imagination run wild. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And uh, so, y- you know, and as it turns out, and again, big spoilers here, uh, Zodiac had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that purpose was to... Uh, protect uh, was to protect the world from the song of Medion, um, and it, it, as it turns out, Medion is the is is the ultimate antagonist of of the of the last ten years because, uh, and and this is where the story just get. Oh, I was like, wow! I was like, this is like I. Her and Hermes were so good, and they I they were really good. And my and, only complaint is, I wish we got more of them. I, I felt their, bad sorry. for Medion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh I gotta tell you, finding out that Heidelin was actually uh an Asian who became uh basically turned herself into a primal, um I was not expecting that. I really so I really enjoyed that they elaborated on that a little bit more uh because you know in shadowbringers when you're in Raktika, you kind of get the the paintings of like you know zodiac is a bad guy and heidelin is a good guy or is she and they kept that going even after like they knew what they were fucking doing after you beat zodiac and you know you get that vision of the final days and you hear that female (gasps) voice say at last like everybody thought it was fucking heidelin everybody like yeah so so did i I was like oh shit the theories were right yeah so they juked everybody and i loved that and um you know and even still spoilers you end up fighting her like it's it's so like it's so cool that cutscenes in this game were so good like the one where heidelin um right before she becomes heidelin but not when she's walking through oh man like just uh, that was heavy shit. When they cut between that and you fighting Emmett Selk at the end of Shadowbringers, like, yeah, they just, oh, it it's was so good. It was so fucking good. Like, well, and a, a, how about actually having Emmett Selk join your party? God, that <laughs> like, was so cool. Yeah. That was such a cool little twist. Um, and it really, it you know, it 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 puts such a like I can't even consider him a villain. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like, like, I mean, talk about just Emmett Selk went from being, uh, like just like a top tier Final Fantasy villain, period, to being a top 10 or like a top tier Final Fantasy character. Like, he's just fucking great. And like, uh, it, he also acknowledges, like, one of the last things he says is, like, look, like, 
my methods may have been unconventional, but I still believed in my cause, like, up until the mm. moment you defeated me. Like, and it's yeah. just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. Don't leave me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just, uh, oh, like, the whole, like, all those revelations you get about Hermes and Medion and, you know, like, I, I, I just. Dynamis know, like, was a little confusing. Like, it. It was, it was, it, like, well, it, because, because it's introduced so late. Right. And it's just one of those things where it's like, how has this gone? Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, all it's, right, well, they need, they needed something to d- explain. It's something. the magic thing. Like, yeah. where it's like, just explain it away with magic. I think you just got to not think about it too yeah, much. Yeah. And, and I didn't, like, I understood, <laughs> yeah. like, it, it was fine, but it was just like, yeah, like, I remember being like. Well, one, like, it was fucking bizarre because I uh, I played Final Fantasy XI and they had uh, Dynamis raids, but I called it Dynamis. So when they were like, they kept saying Dynamis, I was like, the last, like, 20 years of my life have been a lie. <laughs> like, that's, like hearing, that's like hearing them say Mako instead of Mako in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah. Can, I um, want to talk about something that really, like made me emotional that I wasn't expecting to get emotional at. Please. And that was Uri Anjay meeting up with Mombrita's parents. Oh, Thank yeah. you. I'm so glad you said it. Yeah. I I like that got me so emotional and I wasn't expecting it, especially because I give Uri Anjay so much shit because of the way he talks. <clears throat> and it's hard to take him seriously amongst everybody else sometimes. Thought and like just during that scene. Hold I, on I, to thy hate. Yeah, it, well, yeah. And, like, during that scene, like, I did not expect to get emotional about it whatsoever. And I was I was tearing up. Like, I was crying. It was just... I loved I, that they never forget the sacrifices people, like, characters make. And they don't just forget about them. Like, I, I love that they made a point at humanizing the Scions. And it was just such a good scene. I, I love it because I, again, I came to the game later right like i started in 2019 the shadow so i think everything's I, I said i forgot half of it which is true but i think things are you know fresher in my mind maybe than someone who played it in 2013 um and i like loved moan brita for the brief time she was in the game i thought she was awesome and she was kind of the first one that i recall that you really lose like that was the first death you know because i was even pre heaven's ward that, to mm-hmm. me, that was like the first real gut punch. And I felt like the game and even all the players and people I talked to, I felt like nobody ever thinks about her, or talks about her. And I think about her all the time. Yeah. I um, and I felt like the game just kind of moved on and she's rarely mentioned. And that's always been one of my like minor complaints with the with it is just like I felt like we were missing some closure there. Um, and yeah, so I loved that we got that finally. I thought it was such an awesome throwback. So there was actually something that I wanted to bring up, uh, and I I had totally forgotten, uh, and that was our our very and we're gonna backtrack just a little bit here. Um, we have to mention our very first trip to Garlemald, uh, the the seat of the Empire, um, and to to get there. So I had a theory, and it, you know it it might still happen. When we got to Gar, like when we knew going into Garlemald that we were going to get there and it was just going to be a ruin, right? Like, like we knew Garlemald was going to be a wreck. I was thinking that there was going to be like an Ishgard style restoration for Garlemald. Um, and I'm wondering if that might not happen in, in the future, but, but what did we think 
of our our first ever trip to like like you know essentially the 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 enemy empire that we've been dealing with for the past ten years in this uh, in this game um, was it was it do we feel like they um, I don't know how do we because I've got mixed feelings on Garlemald. Um, I'll go real quick. Yeah, go I ahead. think, uh, I think a lot of, I think it was, um, I, I like thematically and the character stuff there, I thought, um, you know, maybe someone else is here. I thought it was really good, uh, in terms of humanizing some of the regular Garleans, um, who, you know, there's all mix of people from civilians to like soldiers just following orders and stuff like that. And there's some real bad ones, but I, I thought it did a good job of, uh, not necessarily making me forgive them, but I think the whole message there was like, you know, what well, kind of what's done is done. And the only hope for the future is for everyone to just kind of let go of all the past, good and bad, and just kind of, you know, make a new future together. And I, I thought, um, you know, me, some of the characters you meet there, like Julius uh, or Julius um, was, was really good. Uh, I think the region, it's like Garmald itself. I think the game struggles still with some tech limitations. Like I, I feel like maybe it was a little underwhelming in terms of size or scale. If this is supposed to be the, you know, mm -hmm. the Imperial seat, and it's just kind of like a little town in ruins, but it's, I feel the same way when there's like supposed to be big crowd scenes and stuff. And like, you get the feeling there should be thousands of soldiers cheering, and it's like 10 people like running to like, <laughs> I think it's just the, the limitations they have to work with the game. So I, I'm not going to like harp on them for that, but I, I thought um, the visual design was really good. The music was good. The uh, yeah, like I enjoyed uh, my time there, and I, I thought it, um, you know, did a good job of bringing them into the fold. So I really liked it. Britt, what about you? I, um, I liked it. I, it took a little bit to get to like the real meat of the story for me, um, because it was just like I remember talking to Jeff, and I was like, I, I really just don't give a shit about these people because they're shitty. Like even when you come in and try to help them, they're so ungrateful. They're shitty. Yeah, they're just incredibly ungrateful and shitty and i'm like i like they're the game's making it really hard for me to care about like saving these people and and you know all that like <clears throat> they just make it sound like you know the first build-up is just them being bad guys right and i think that's that's good because essentially they were bad guys for a long ass time um but then to just watch like to watch their downfall was just incredibly sad because it's like you realize that they were just people and they can't you can't blame them for where they grew up and like what they were taught. And I think a, a really big moment for me is when um, I don't even remember his name now, but the captain, when he commits suicide, like it's just. like Oh, God. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. That's yeah, that's how much like pride that was instilled in him and it's like it makes me wonder like was it just pride or is it just like he didn't want to come to terms with everything he's done also, as you know as a captain and well, also a, a very and, dark moment for final fantasy mm -hmm. yeah that, i think suicide was a big theme in this game which i was mm -hmm. a little uncomfortable about and i know a lot of people were um you know not just him committing suicide but just in general like all these worlds being like we don't want to live anymore you know like yeah. that was Medion was essentially like well, it's, a euthanasia it's, the machine. The whole thing is about what, what happens when people lose hope and give up. Right. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And just real quick on Garamal again, I think, I don't know if it was revelation in this or if it was known before, but maybe I forgot. I didn't realize that um, their land had initially been taken from them uh, and they were pushed out. And it, it kind of um, uh, makes sense that they're trying to, you know, I, I kind of get why they are the way they are. Like they've, 
already had that loss and had to carve back out their own place. And now they're just kind of planting their feet and saying, right. you know, we're nothing's, you know, we're, we're not going to move. We're not going to budge. Um, this is who we are and we're not, uh, you know, the whole world kind of fucked us over. So, you know, we're done with them. Right. And it, it's a good, it, it ties in, um, with the, to me, because I did the, the ranger job quest, like you, you do Hian and, um, everybody there is like, you kind of get a little bit more backstory into, um, Stormblood because it's like nobody's really accepting Hien because of the way he handled the Yotsuyu situation. Right. Like they felt like their families had suffered at the hands of her and she got to just kind of go quietly and there was no resolve there. So that whole storyline is you working through that. <clears throat> and I kind of compared it to Garlemald because like all the Alamegans do not want to work with these people and it's completely understandable. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I think that's going to be something you're going to have to take care of in the future is inter inter um, integrating Garlemald into as a part of your nation that's and just having to for. deal with the conflicts, yeah. um, especially with, you know, the Alamegans because they just did not want, like they didn't take any refugees. Like, the other cities did and it's just it's just interesting like i loved the politics of it all so i i um as far as garlemald goes um you know i again like i knew that we'd get there and and you know like you know the city would be in ruins um i'm a little sad that i we never got to see garlemald at like the apex of its power right um mm-hmm. Or at least not like, well, we've seen them at the apex of their power, but we, we never got to walk the streets of Garlemald um, when the city was thriving, right? Which I think would have been really cool. Um, there was a Garlemald scene that I don't know what the implication was supposed to do when Xenos uh, takes over your body. Like, you just kind of walk out there. And then you get your body back like he doesn't do anything. And then it has nothing to do with the rest of the story. Well, I mean, like your body being like, honestly, like, like Xenos himself didn't really have too much to do. Uh, Like, like I figured Xenos itself was going to be a separate conversation. I just meant the whole like the the body swapping thing. I I got it feels like it was a setup for that specific duty to kind of like depower you and um, make you fight through. Like, it, it feels like they almost maybe conceived that um quest first and then had to come up with a reason for you to not be in your body i don't know yeah. i agree it's just a little i i it didn't bother me at the time but yeah now that you mentioned i'm like oh yeah that kind of i but again like maybe it was just xenos i i think yeah i don't know i i maybe i missed something because i know his whole thing was he kind of keeps wanting to do something and he's like oh you're distracted you're not you're not ready to fight me yet and then he kind of just he's really wishy-washy the entire time in, in terms of like what he actually wants to do. Um, so maybe he just changed his mind. I don't know. He just, yeah, want, I agree. He just wants weird. attention. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be as nice as possible about this. You don't have to be nice. Well, I've Take not been a off. fan of Xenos. Like, so to start back in Stormblood, I loved Xenos. Surprisingly. I really did. I loved him. Um, I thought 
because you know the first time you fight him you stole a like she almost dies and it just felt like it was one of the first moments in the game where it actually felt scary being the warrior of light because you know up until that point you pretty much steamroll everything like you lose other people but nothing really happens to yourself and that that first fight where you have in um Rogers Reach when you fight Xenos it's such this intense moment and I just loved him as a villain and they keep building him, building him up, building him up, building him up. And then at the end, of course he slits his neck and it's just like, it's such a holy shit moment. Like I would have loved Xenos as a character if he had ended there, mm-hmm. but then they brought him back and I kept waiting for that moment where it was just like, okay, I see why he came back. Like I see why, like, I can see why people like him so much, and I can see why they brought him back, but it just feels like, even up until the very end of N. Walker, they did not know what they wanted to do with him. Like, he w- like Jeff said, he was so wishy-washy. He was just inconsistent. Like, sometimes he was just powerful as hell and seemed crazy. The next, he just seemed like, I don't, like, he didn't know what he wanted. I'm bored. Like, it was just- you yeah, know, like, like he was just a very after Stormblood, I think he just he became this very strange character and I just didn't like what happened with him. Honestly, I, I think the I think the problem with Xenos is that they were insistent on the Warrior of Light having a having a rival um mm-hmm. when when really in an in an MMO you don't necessarily need that. Um, right. and I, it's not Pokemon. You don't need to like, right. And you know, <laughs> I, like, especially with as much of the story being focused on, on, you know, Medion and the, and the threat to the world. Um, I feel like Xenos was written in solely to give, solely to give you a, an actual, I don't know what, on, you know, one, one V one me bro kind of deal. Um, because really, like you said, Zeno shows up, he leaves, he shows up, he leaves, he shows up, he leaves. And then spoiler alert, you fight him after Medion. Um, and I also feel that like, part pissed me off so much. Well, and it made me so mad. And, and we, we will get to that. Um, because I've got some thoughts on that also. Um, but you know, hearkening back to what you said, Britt, about, you know, the moon, being kind of anticlimactic. It's like, you know, and, you know, Jeff brought up a portal. It's like, oh, we just step on the portal and we're in the moon. Um, I feel like, I I feel like the the buildup to Ultima Thule and Medion totally made up for that. It, it, Agreed. it, yeah. it felt epic. It and, felt like you were, it felt like you were going into, a, going up against a, a legitimate world ending universal threat. And it was just, it was so cool. The back end they, of this game they was did so a- cool. They did a really good job of introducing a new character as a threat that was like an old threat, if that makes sense. So the, it didn't just feel like they shoehorned in this character to be like the last boss. It genuinely felt like there was lore built around this. And yeah. it just, it felt like a good conclusion, like a good, like concluding boss fight. Just to weigh in on Xenos before we move on, um, like I, uh, I agree with everything both of you said, I think. Um, I actually liked, at the end, how he's kind of a foil for the warrior. Like, like I liked that they're like, he's like, like basically like, I'm you, you're me. Like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because it's almost like a meta commentary on like, yeah, like, we are like, just 
you know, grinding shit out and doing these raids over and like we want to these uh, the players want to do the extreme or the savage or whatever like they want that uh endless battle i guess um but it definitely uh to me at least it's very clear that that's just something they came up with at the end it didn't feel like he uh, i didn't feel any of that from anything between stormblood and now it definitely uh seemed like they just tried to come up with the most interesting way to kind of send him off and i also agree I think it sucked that that came right after the Medion fight. It should have been before it, because mm -hmm. the Medion, like you said, the Ultima Thule and Medion buildup and that fight was all so good. And I would have loved if we went right from there to kind of that nice send off at the end of the game. But just wedged in between that was Zeno's just like, all right, bro, <laughs> let's you know, go. Like, I, I did I, at that you, specific moment in time, the last thing I wanted to do was fight Zeno's. I think it, they should have found a way to do that before uh somehow so that's uh, the only thing i have really to add and then you gotta fight on his back like you gotta depend on him to fight uh, the last boss that was fine uh, that was cool. that like like so so like yeah, that whole scene was cool don't get me wrong but yeah. i was just so salty and bitter about it like oh <laughs> i don't need you so what well, well it's like it, it's like that old movie trope it's like you know i'm the only one who gets to kill you and uh yep. you know but Ultima Thule itself was like I felt threatened every moment I was there, uh, and it it is su such an alien place uh, compared to the areas we're used to uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, it it the and plus got the music in that area, man. Just the sense you really feel like it, the whole theme is despair, and yeah. you really feel it. Um, even just the imagery, like the dragons, uh, you know, their ghosts or whatever that you talk, yeah. it's just so haunting. Um, I love that whole area so much. And it, it, like, I will go there and just chill out and listen to the music. Like, it, it's just. Uh, I have. I took captures on my PS5. I just stood there for like three minutes, just listening to the music. It is so good because it's. Yeah. Um, I had and, a and, different reaction with Ultima Thule. I it felt very depressing. Like the music with the, I thought the music was incredible with the tone it had set that I wish it was just very somber. And I like, I wanted to rush it because it was giving me anxiety. I was like, I don't want like, I, I just want to get the get fuck that. out of here. I like, get that. like not in a bad way. Like it was very, it was very intuitive that way like it was meant to be that way and i get it but like it just like it added to that panic effect you know like right. it added to the like I, I we just need to fucking get this shit done so i stop losing people you know yeah i um yeah, i liked oh i'm sorry jeff go ahead buddy uh, no i was just gonna say yeah i really liked um uh and i mentioned the, i mentioned this to brit i think the uh the fact that the entire final race was called omicrons was like a huge trigger for me because games are my escape from my covid anxiety. oh god yeah and, oh, like it, it was such bad it, timing i, 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 I yeah. played a game to try and forget about it and like all i think about all day is fucking omicron and it i have to just struggle to breathe and eat and sleep and then i can escape into a game and forget about a little bit and just seeing that text on there i was like oh my god yeah no um, like but, talk about so, like, talk about bad timing <laughs> Um, so I don't know, maybe that affected there. I didn't, wasn't as interested in theirs, but the, uh, the dragon story and kind of, I love fucking love that, uh, there, there, I saw a tweet that's like, 
oh, the thing I love about Final Fantasy XIV is how serious and grounded they take their world. Oh, by the way, the dragons fucking came from space. <laughs> um, but I, I thought that was really cool, uh, getting a little bit backstory for Midgar Stormer um, and stuff like that. And I thought their story was really sad, and it retroactively uh, made the dragon song war and Heaven's Word and stuff. Uh, you know, they escaped, they fled, um, you know, their home to come to this new planet and still had to go through all this suffering and stuff. Um, and the fact that some of them still came through, um, I don't know that, that whole story, I, their whole race I thought was really, really interesting. And I liked the, uh, the, uh, I don't remember what their name is. The ones right after that as well. The next segment. Um, Oh, the, they were just the really, AI or the, the whatever. Yeah, yeah. They were just, I don't know. They, they were kept popping know, really their heads and, out in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the, the, I think the team was just flexing that animation a little bit, but I was um, like, "Why yeah, are you yeah, no, doing I, this?" <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, I liked a lot of that that backstory and lore there. I thought it was really cool. And I think one of the um, the things that really hit me the most was Estinian's death out of everybody's because his felt the most like genuine. Like his felt like he genuinely would like had a cause to um you know kind of fight for and it like i i was fucking bawling at his scene like i just like i couldn't stop crying at his sacrifice because it just felt so fucking it felt and because really rough. of the, because of his relationship with the dragons right in the backstory there um, right and like so I know you mentioned the thing about space, but like, I always took it that Ultima Thule was just kind of like a collect, like it was a planet that Medion, like she kind of overtook as a dead star. Mm -hmm. And like all of those, like the dragons you stuff were like memories. So I, I didn't really take them as space dragons. I took them as they lived on a different planet and now... um were like getting to see like and that was their planet you know but it like it didn't feel like a space dragon to me like it it made me feel like it was once lush and like an actual world and everything and well what i took away from ultimo thule was that this was just a collection of memories um right you know like like you know uh whether you're talking about it's not a real place right, it's, right? it's not a real place and those dragons and yeah. like and the Aya weren't the actual original races those are just memories of those races Yep. Um, yep. And uh, which made it even sadder to me. Uh, and uh, like the whole area is just drowning in sorrow. Uh, right. And then you've got the the Omicron, you know, the robots. Um, where Omega came from. Where Omega, yeah. Like I, I love that little tie-in. Um, in fact, what the uh, one of the bosses from one of the dungeons is, is actually Proto Omega. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Um, you know, I, I, you know, whatever robots, fine. Um, I, I, I was much, I was much more drawn to the storylines of the dragons and the AI than I was, you know, the Omicron. Um, yeah. Because I've seen evil robots in other various forms of media before. Um, but there was this sense of, you know, especially at, you know, like when you finally reach the end of Ultima Thule, and you know you have witnessed basically the uh, all of the scions uh sacrifice themselves to to get you there um i actually stood there uh before initiating the fight against medion you know the end singer 
I stood there for a while, or like I stood there for a while and just kind of like, just kind of, I guess, took in the fact that this really was the end of a 10 year story arc. Um, and it, oh, the final walk that you do up there yeah. with the music and it, like, it's, I, I get that they're probably influenced a little bit by, you know, uh, I don't know what game invented, you know, something like Red Dead, where, you know, that kind of matching that music. Right. Um, with kind of a long trek and stuff like that, but like bringing in all the voices and stuff from all the previous games. I think Ardbert's is one of the last ones you hear. Um, Papa Lima was the first one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys do the side quest with his dad? I did no, not. No, I, I, I haven't done any side quests, but I'm going to. Yeah, it's you basically just deliver him a sandwich and he talks about his son <laughs> and good. he doesn't specifically say his name, but it's just a really like... It's a cute little nod to the old characters. That would be me if I was in this game and you brought and 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 I had oh. a side quest. It would just be you bringing me a, some a sandwich and I would tell you about my kid. Um, <laughs> uh, before we, uh, John, I don't know if we we're going to talk about dungeons or anything. I don't know. Did um, if anyone else had anything to say about Ultima Thule, but I wanted to skip back and talk about Thavnir a bit. As oh well, yeah, please. I, I, um, no, I just I really liked that zone. I I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not on Twitter, and most people on Discord aren't talk. Like I, I haven't talked to anyone other than you guys really about the game, so I don't know what people's thoughts are. Um, but I really liked Thavnir. I thought, uh, like the Southeast Asia influence. I love the um, Hindu themes. It was so cool. Or, or it yeah, was. Uh, it was all and of the it, voice I actors. It was so like mm-hmm. I just loved it. Uh, what's the elephant lady? Um, uh, neat. Start with an M. I know who yeah. you're talking about uh she was just so i loved her so much <laughs> like um and then matsu who you uh um the fisher guy uh that you help out um yeah i just i loved the characters there and i loved the imagery it was really cool and unique uh, and you know i haven't played the earlier final fantasy games but i i haven't seen that kind of art direction in any of them before and i just i love that this game um seems to have a Nidana, lot of respect for her name yeah um, but I love the get that the game has so much respect and desire to kind of, um, you know, pay tribute to all these different cultures and areas of the world. And uh, Emmett Cell kind of hints at at the end that we haven't even seen so much of it yet. Um, but yeah, I I really love that region, and I'm glad we got to spend uh, the the second visit there was super depressing and dark when everyone's getting trampled and eaten. Um, that I think I'm still scarred from that. But uh, you know, the 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 piece before that, I think um, I'm glad we got to spend a lot of time there and really um you know kind of dig in and and experience it because i really liked that part Um, that's something i kind of want to touch on real quick too is um just how dark how suddenly dark it became when the final days came um because i remember thinking like literally just right before that i think when i was on the moon i remember thinking like i miss the dark uh undertone themes that Shadowbringers had like um <clears throat> when you are in Amarang and you lose uh, Talene, is that her name? I, when I don't her remember. face just starts bleeding light. Yeah. yeah. And you're just yeah. like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like, what is happening? And then, of course, like, you see this little kid get turned into a monster because he's so fucking scared. And then he gets stepped on. I was like, excuse the fuck out of me? Yeah. Like, what is happening? It was just, oh, God, it was just chilling just how dark it got so fast yeah it's i don't know if why they did it the way they did i kind of uh maybe small credit like i maybe the final days fit a little bit contained or on what because it was confined to thavnir so much like i didn't feel this big worldwide 
um, kind of apocalyptic event because you kind of go back to Charlian and like everything is normal. Well, I think that's um, what the role quests do because you have to deal with it in okay. the other nations. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't done those ones, um, but that that was just what I thought. But yeah, what were you going to say, John? No, I was just going to say um, uh, Thavnir, um, specifically uh, Radzat Han. Uh, I, it is such I, I as a hub for you know all your tombstone turn-ins and collectible appraisals. I like it so much better than Yulmore. Um, I hate Yulmore. Uh, yeah, not I, hate Yulmore. I, I didn't like it it's either. Just, um, it's just a capitalistic city, essentially. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> well, 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 Radzat Han from a visual and uh, um, oral standpoint is just such a such a cooler experience and such uh such uh it's just it's very pleasant um and it's always nice to see um because like yulmore could have been essentially any final fantasy area right um but it is so rare to see um an area in in a game this large so steeped in something like mystic hinduism uh and and i you know as somebody who has uh, a few uh, a few friends who are sikhs um, a few friends who are Indian. Um, it, this was this was really really cool to see. Uh, I am so glad that that those those themes uh, were leaned in, were leaned into as heavily as they were. Um, it's always nice to see representation, right? Even like you know something that we don't you know particularly relate to. It's always just nice to see how inclusive they are. Cause what other MMO has like themes like that has voice actors like that, you know, like God, it's just cool. There is so much to talk about with Endwalker. I almost feel like you could split this up into two recordings. Um, yeah, pretty much. I really do. Um, because like we haven't even touched on the dungeons, um, which the dungeons were, so which are some of the best in the entire, it, it, like I, I, <sighs> And, and you know, like you, we still need to talk about you know the actual fight with the end singer and what happens afterward. Um, and we're yeah, always we your favorite really dungeon. Touched about uh, the spaceship or anything either. Or the, the Ragnarok, the trip to alt. Like I, <sighs> do we want to? Because um, because I've I've got to get going in about twenty minutes, and I feel like we really could go for another hour. Uh, would you guys be able to, re- or even just a couple of days? Would you guys be able to record again like tomorrow or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I'm available. Hey guys, this was part one of our SDGC After Hours discussion for Endwalker. We decided to split it up into two parts because there is simply so much to talk about. With everything you just heard, we didn't even get into dungeons, the end of the game, what we hope comes next, and we are going to get into all that stuff in just a few days. So I hope you enjoyed part one, and please be on the lookout for part two. Remember, kindness costs nothing.